Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Well, we are so encouraged by all that God is doing. Everywhere we look, we're seeing signs of God at work. The last few Sundays have been our biggest ever Sunday gatherings. Student stuff's just exploding. I think there are 130 students meeting midweek. And one of the best bits is week after week after week, we're getting sent in stories and encouragements of God changing lives, God meeting with people, God's miraculous provision. And uh, received this from Leanne, who oversees what we do um, with Christians Against Poverty. We work with people in debt, people who are struggling. And anyone who's ever been in debt just knows how debilitating and stressful that is. And through people's generosity here, we're able to provide that service where people can come and get some teaching and help around money. And uh, Leanne received this message, said, Morning, Leanne. In May, while I was on Alpha, was on an Alpha course, I gave my life to the Lord and I'm now a Christian. I really believe that my contact with Gastry and CAP was a big step on the journey God has begun for me. Thanks for everything and I would like to invite you to my baptism on Sunday. This is so encouraging, lives being changed. And the, the message um, got better because Leanne got an email this week saying that this person, a massive part of their debt was with HMRC and they called HMRC to discuss this and the person at HMRC agreed to lower the debt from £10,000 to £900. And so within five months, they'll be debt free. Isn't that incredible? Now, I know what you're thinking. Can you get me that number for that person at HMRC? I'm trying to find it myself. I'll let you know how I get on. Another message came in this week. Someone said two Sundays ago, we entered Gas Street for the evening gathering with heavy hearts, burdened by growing financial challenges all around concerning shortfalls and salary reductions. This left me really struggling to focus on worship, feeling God's silence and fearing more my empty bank account than having any faith for his provision. Midway through the gathering, I seriously con contemplated leaving, but managed to finish the last song. Afterwards, as the offering baskets were passed around, I let go of my frustration, and as I passed the bucket on quietly, I asked and cried out for God's provision. Little did we know it would come so quickly. During the sermon, no more than five minutes after my silent request, a member of the host team handed my wife an envelope from the offering bucket with a note that read, this is for the dot, 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 wouldn't you all love to know? Uh, we exchanged stunned, glasses, stunned glances before finally giving in and opening it. Inside was a stunning gift of £100 cash, a beautiful answer to my weak little prayer and a deep, earth-shattering response from a father who listens to our every prayer. We set aside a tithe and used some to buy coffee for an elderly lady who'd forgotten her PIN number. The unexpected blessing reinforced our belief that God knows our needs and will provide when the time is right. You know, I just love that story of God generously meeting someone in a moment of need, a moment of anxiety, and using the congregation here to be a blessing. We're going to look at some verses from Jesus' great sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, where literally Jesus tore up the playbook for what it means for us to live as the people of God. And in this incredible sermon, he talks about our attitude towards money and treasure. Matthew 6, starting at verse 19. If you have a Bible, open it up. Words are going to come up on the screen. It says this. 
Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, I'm aware today here, or if you're watching online, welcome, that there'll be a number of people who you wouldn't necessarily call yourself a Christian. You're exploring, you're interested, and I want to say that there is no pressure, there is no expectation or obligation for you to give. You can relax. But I hope you'll find this teaching around Jesus' perspective of money helpful. For others, maybe this is your first ever Sunday, first ever Sunday tuning in online, first ever Sunday in this building. And I want to assure you, we don't preach about money every week. You'll be glad to know I am not saving up for a private jet to help with ministry. And again, just know that you're welcome. We're glad you're here. But I imagine for most of us, if not all of us, the topic of money is one that has caused pain, challenge, anxiety and stress over the years. And I'm not here today to try and dump more pressure and expectation on you. Rather, my hope is as we look at the teaching of Jesus and as we begin to maybe open our hearts and our lives to the Spirit that He will come to bring peace and He'll come to lead us and show us what it means to grow as disciples of Jesus Christ. If you leave here this morning feeling guilty and shame, then I've done a really bad job. So we're looking today at treasure, the choice, the investment, and the reward. Jesus makes it very clear that we have a choice, God or money. Passion Translation puts it like this. How could you worship two gods at the same time? You'll have to hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't worship the true God while enslaved to the God of money. The scripture teaches us right throughout that money is powerful. Money can have a grip on us. It's so easy to get consumed with it. And money promises so much, it tempts us. And we're led to believe that if you have enough money, enough savings in your bank accounts, then you'll be secure whilst living on earth. Money promises to offer a sense of protection. But money also offers to give us a sense of satisfaction that we will find true happiness and contentment in the things that we have, the things that we own, these beautiful things around us. But anyone who's tasted those things, anyone who's lived long enough will know that money ultimately doesn't do it. These are lies. And the teaching of Jesus is that ultimate protection, hope, Trust, satisfaction, and joy is not found in what we have, but it is found in the person of Jesus Christ. We have these beautiful things on earth to enjoy. For me, it's golf clubs, my coffee machine. I don't know what it is for you. Holidays, a car, nice jacket. None of these things are wrong in themselves, but they're temporary. 
And the Bible teaches us that these things fade away fast. Proverbs 23 verse 5 says this, Cast but a glance at riches and they're gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. So being a follower of Jesus means that we have a choice. Are we going to invest our future in Jesus or are we going to do it in money? Because we can't do both. And the more you put your trust and hope in money, the more it begins to strangle you, more begins to wrap around you and choke you and get rid of all the life and breath within you. You become enslaved to it and it masters us. Now, why is it so hard, I wonder, for us to give generously? I think for some it's an issue of trust. Bottom line, we struggle to trust that God is good, that God is faithful, that God will come through for us. So we feel more confident having a little bit more tucked away. For others, though, I wonder if we struggle to give because we consider our money is ours. You know, I earned it. It's in my bank account. No one's going to tell me what to do with our money. That's In the UK, I think we're often really bad talking more openly about money. And as long as we think of our possessions and our treasures belonging to us, we will always struggle to give and to be generous. And that reminds me, actually, uh, Rachel, my wife, has been away in Australia for 10 days. She's landing literally any minute. And I need to pick up some provisions to sort of cook lunch for her, maybe get a bottle of wine. And but I forgot my wallet. Is there, anyone, has anyone here got 50 quid I could borrow? 50 quid to Ronya. Woo! Thank you. That's, oh, I'll buy a sticky toffee pudding as well. Thank you very much. That's, yeah, 50 quid. Now, you might be asking, wow, why did Ronya get up so quickly to give 50 quid? Well, just before I got up here to preach, I said, Ronya, I'm going to give you 50 pounds. <laughs> and when I give this illustration about needing money, could you jump up and give this money? Now, Ronya was so quick, so pleased, so glad to give 50 pounds because it didn't belong to her in the first place. The Bible says, Psalm 24, verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Everything we have is a gift from God. And if we can understand our resources, our treasure and our money is His ultimately, then we'll be so much more freer to give It's easier to give when you understand that ultimately it doesn't belong to you in the first place. So we have a choice, God or money. But we're also invited in to make a great investment. Jesus says, don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays and loses its value. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourselves that cannot be stolen and will never rust, decay, or lose their value. Jesus is encouraging us to take an eternal perspective here. And he's encouraging us to invest in a way that will lead to an amazing sense of blessing for ourselves, but also for those around us. And the point he's making is clear, that you cannot take anything you own with you into eternity. Your car, your house, your jewellery, whatever it is, it stays here on earth. You know, when we're presented before Jesus Christ, we're not going to rock up in our best outfit, our Gucci bag, saying, hello, look at me, dressed to impress. No, none of it goes with us. All earthly riches 
are temporary. The author Stephen King, he was involved in a really serious car accident and he writes about the moment where he's lying in the side of the road, having broken his leg, worried about what's going to happen. Reflecting on that moment, he says this, I had a MasterCard in my wallet, but when you're lying in a ditch with broken glass in your hair, no one accepts MasterCard. On that particular day and in the months that followed, I got a painful but extremely valuable look at life's simple backstage truths. We come into this world naked and broke. We may be dressed when we go out, but we're just as broke. Warren Buffett, he's going to go out broke. Bill Gates, going out broke. Tom Hanks, going out broke. Stephen King, broke. Not a crying dime. All you have is on loan. All that lasts is what you pass on. Giving is a way of taking the focus off the money we make and putting it back where it belongs, on the lives we lead, the families we raise, the communities that nurture us. So I ask you to begin giving and to continue as you begin. I think you'll find in the end that you got far more than you ever had and did more good than you ever dreamed. Now, Stephen King, I don't believe, is a professing Christian. But here he captures beautifully the sentiment of Jesus' teaching that the best use of our money is to give it away. And Jesus goes even further. He says this crazy thing that when you give here on earth as an offering of worship to facilitate ministry within your local church or mission organisation you're deeply connected to, when you do that, you pass it on so that actually for eternity, we get to enjoy it forever. We get to benefit from that blessing. Now, imagine this rope here is like a timeline of your life. It's an ongoing continuum going forward, existing, you know, that with Jesus Christ, we're going to live forever and ever and ever, eternity. And this bit of black tape, that there is your life, the years you spend here on earth. And the challenge for many of us and what the world will teach us is that you focus everything on this moment, on these years. You make sure you work hard. You know, I'm going to work really hard just so I can enjoy this little moment here and really treat myself. And everything is about this little moment of history, <laughs> failing to forget that we've got billions and billions and billions of years to live. And Jesus is saying, invest now. What you do with your money here in this window of time goes on for eternity. So don't store up treasures for you here on earth. Store up treasures for you in heaven where nothing will destroy it. There'll be no rust, no vermin. You'll be blessed forever. How are we investing now? How are we giving to invest in our eternal future? When we were in London, we were part of a thing called Worship Central where we train and equip worship leaders, believing that worship is such an instrumental part of the local church that actually any church, when it's alive in worship, when you walk in, there's passionate worship, people excited about Jesus, people understand that in worship we experience the presence of God and the presence of God changes us. When a church gets its worship right, the church begins to change. So if you walk into a church building where the worship's dead and boring and it's just about the head and it's religion, it's not from the heart, 
who's going to want to hang around there? So Worship Centre is all about training up worship leaders to lead well so the church could be alive. And we're just starting to be um, invited to go and take Worship Centre to other nations. And at that time, this guy, a fairly young guy, came up to me one Sunday at church and he said, look, I just want to tell you my story. Um, this year I've made a massive amount of money, big sort of financial bonus. And I, I, sort of, I specced out my dream car. I was going big, you know, babe magnet, I was going to go for it. And um, I've even test driven this car. It's beautiful. And I was just about literally to pay for this car when I was at church. Someone was talking about giving and looking at this verse in Matthew, Jesus' words. And I felt God say to me, do you really need that car? Do you really need that car? You could have that car, but you could invest into the kingdom of God. And you could be a part of something that is eternal. And he said, I'm passionate about worship. I'm passionate to see the church alive in worship. So I want to give you this gift. It was 40,000 pounds to enable us to begin to take worship central around the globe. Now, my friend might not now be driving the fanciest of cars, but there's a blessing that he's experiencing here on earth from the joy of giving. But I know for eternity, he'll live with the joy of knowing that he has been a part of seeing God's kingdom come. Now, for those here, you're thinking, well, why invest in worship and songs? Is that the best use of resources? Well, I, I believe in worship lives are changed. I just received this email this week from someone about a man who became a Christian a number of years ago. said this, I was at a conference in Dallas with a good friend. I'd never attended such a large Christian meeting before. Walking into a stadium filled with 14,000 people singing left un felt unfamiliar at first. But it was a worship song that caused me to recommit my life. It was a song I'd never heard before. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. It was at that powerful moment I realised I'd never bowed down to anyone. I recommitted my life to Christ and I've never looked back. That's the story of a man called Edgar Sandoval, who is now the president of World Vision, which is the largest humanitarian organisation on the earth. He was working for Procter Gamble, making millions of pounds. But as he encountered Jesus, he just knew he wanted to give his life to serve the vulnerable, the marginalised and the poor and is now part of making a significant difference. You see, when we give, what we're doing is we're investing in lives being transformed by the love of Jesus. When we give here at Gashi, we're a part of seeing people being saved out of darkness into Jesus' glorious and marvellous light. When we give, we're seeing young people being believed in and encouraged and championed and raised up and discipled. Last Sunday night here, we had a youth and student takeover and a young person and a student priest, it was outstanding. The um, worship team was made up of young people and students and they led a worship song written by a young person, which was incredible. It was amazing. Our giving is releasing a young generation who are living in such challenging, chaotic times. When we give through things like love your neighbour, we're opening up our hearts, our buildings, our homes and saying those who've been marginalised, those who feel forgotten, those who feel alone and isolated, those who are hungry, here, we're going to feed you, we're going to love you, we're going to defend you, and we're going to welcome you in like family. That's what our giving does. When we give, we are literally populating 
heaven. When we stand before Jesus and we spend our days in eternity, I'm convinced some of what it means, these treasures in heaven, is, is going to be people in heaven. There'll be a moment. Someone's going to come up to Ronya. They're going to wrap their arms around. They're going to sob in her shoulder and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Ronya's going to be looking a bit awkward saying, thank you for what? And they're going to say, I hear that you gave regularly at Gastric as part of your worship. And I became a Christian at Gastric 2023. And the word on the street is that it was your giving that made it possible for me to experience the love of Jesus Christ. It was a Sunday night, I turned up and in the worship, I felt and experienced something I've never felt before. I then began to hear about Jesus Christ and I'm now here standing in eternity forever and a day and it wouldn't have been possible without your generosity. In that moment, Ronnie's not going to be thinking, ah, oh, I wish I'd spent money on a bigger, wider TV screen. You know, better spec, better HD. I think all of us, when that moment happens, will be thinking, oh, why didn't I give more? Why didn't I give more? The great German reformer Martin Luther once said, I've held many things in my hand and I've lost them all. But whatever I've placed in God's hand, that I still possess. There's a choice, there's an investment, and there's a reward. Jesus speaks regularly about money, very directly about money, because he understands the power it has over us. And he understands that there's a reward that is ours if we learn what it is to give generously. He says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your heart always goes where you put your money. Your heart follows your treasure. So how do you discover what you really worship? Well, it's not ultimately found in how many prayer meetings you attend, how often you're at Gastric Church. It's not found in how many hours on Spotify you listen to worship music. Where you really see it is in your bank statements. On our receipts. Because money has a unique way of revealing our hearts and our love. And so Jesus is saying, when you understand who I am, <clears throat> when you understand my incredible love, you'll respond by wanting to love me in return. And that when you begin to give of your treasure, you're actually folding your life into me. Every time we give, <clears throat> it's like we're, we're backing Jesus Christ we're investing in our relationship with Him. We're becoming more like Him. And when we give, what is the reward? The reward is actually Jesus Christ. Relationship with Him. It's the freedom we find in Him. It's the joy we have in Him. The peace, the hope, the sense of a future and a purpose, the healing. That is the reward, is our relationship with Jesus. And every time we give sacrificially, generously, we are getting closer to Jesus. We're becoming more like Him. We're investing in that deepest of relationships and our lives are being freed up to more fully enjoy, to more fully know what it is to put Jesus first. Gaze upon Christ long enough, you'll become more of a giver. Give long enough and you'll become more like Christ. So in a moment, 
we're going to have an opportunity to give. And everyone will be sitting on or somewhere near them, hopefully have a giving envelope. And we're going to take some time just to pray and ask that the Spirit of God would speak to us in terms of our giving. Now, please hear me again. In no way do I want anyone to give out of guilt or compulsion. Maybe the best thing you need to do is to go home and really think and pray and ask that God would lead you. I want the Spirit to inspire giving and generosity, not guilt. So please hear me on that. But this is a moment as a church, we do this every so often, where we invite people to think about their giving here as a church. And just to give a bit of an update, like an honest family update about where things are at And we're so incredibly moved by people's generosity here at this church that has released so much. But we're at a stage where the money that's coming in regularly, monthly or through one-offs, is not keeping up with the level of activity, the ministry, all that we're doing with Love Your Neighbour, the emerging generation, the church plants, the locations, everything that we're doing. The money coming in isn't enough to sustain it. And so we're at a position where we're having to really look at what that means to confront that reality. And what it looks like is we're probably looking at having to maybe scale back some of our activity. And one of the things we're having to do, which has been incredibly painful, is we're having to look at cutting back on some of our staff. And so we had just an awful Tuesday at staff where we had to announce this possibility, which is horrible for the most beautiful people, but we can't continue to spend on ministry more than that is coming in. And it looks like at the end of this year, there'll be a gap of about £400,000. Now, please hear me. Again, I'm not trying to raise money to fund a gap. I just think it's important to be really open and honest and transparent with you, because we're all in this together, it's all of our giving together that facilitates what we do. And I I truly trust that God will provide. The word says that God will provide for every need, not necessarily our every want, which is really annoying. But the story of Gastric has been one of God's incredible generosity, unlocking doors, opening up possibilities for us to do all that we're doing. But we're a moment here where we have to navigate the reality of the challenge. And so we keep looking to God for faith, for provision, but we also have to be honest. And if we're to look at some of the statistics, currently in our church, 301 people give regularly. That's essentially monthly. Um, Now that maybe represents a bit more. So for example, Rach, myself, we give together, but that only counts as one giving unit. But you get the gist. 301 giving units and the average gift from those givers per month is about £155. Incredibly grateful for that generosity. And it's hard to exactly get the stats, but approximately just over 30%, therefore, of the adults in our church give regularly. And as your pastor, that concerns me. It concerns me not because of a funding gap, as I said, I'm I'm actually really trusting God for the finances. As I said, he's come through so many times. That is not my primary concern. 
What concerns me is around a discipleship issue here. Because if you're not giving to God as part of your worship to the church, you're putting your heart somewhere else. You're building your life somewhere else and it's not on Jesus. And I know giving is hard. I know this is a really hard time financially, cost of living, interest rates, list goes on. I know some money is so incredibly tight. Maybe you're in debt and I understand, so I'm not asking you to do something crazy. But if we're to be a worshipping church, which I believe we are, and we talk a lot about next steps in our worship, I wonder if God's saying, well, the next step in your worship is actually in your giving. Because that really reveals your love. And what does it look like for us to grow in this? And so I guess one of my hopes, my prayers, for people here to step into the life and the freedom and the joy and the blessing that God has for us is to learn what it is to give. And maybe the next step for you is to start giving regularly. Maybe you want to start filling in you know, standing order that you give monthly. That's how Rachel and I give. You know, from basically being a student, I've tithed. From a student age, 18, I've just been in that discipline of tithing every month, giving. And now we have the joy and the blessing of being able to give beyond that. Now, for you, it might be that just something, just like a first step on the ladder. I don't know what it looks like for you, five pounds a month. I don't know, but the reason I'd love you to begin is because there's a spiritual principle here that I believe you can begin to walk into. And I want to see people beginning to put their treasure in their lives on the rock of Jesus Christ rather than the lie of money. And so you might want to think about doing that. Others of you, you've maybe been giving regularly, monthly, but actually your financial circumstances have changed. Maybe you could be giving a bit more each month. That's why we constantly need to be reviewing this. Maybe others, you could give a one-off gift. Maybe there's something you could forego in order to invest in the kingdom of God so you can enjoy that treasure forever. I don't know what it is, but it's between you and God. It's not for me to tell you. But I'd love to see us as a church grow with more people giving regularly, placing their trust in Jesus. The other thing I would encourage people to do is if you pay tax to fill in the backs, there's a gift aid form. And we've worked out that there is a further £85,000 a year, potentially, we could claim back through gift aid. £85,000 could make a massive difference, and all you have to do is fill in the gift aid form. So I'm going to encourage everyone who pays tax and who's given to fill that in. You might think, oh, maybe I thought I filled it in, but perhaps you didn't. Fill it in, you know. Even if you know you filled it in, fill it in again just so we're 100% sure because we've also worked out you can backdate gift aid three years. Uh, our finance team said there's a potential £260,000 available through unclaimed money, which is just through gift aid. So fill in your gift aid. The, the other thing, because we're going to invite everyone to come to the front to give, the great thing about it is you can fill this in and then when we worship, you can rock to the front waving your card and everyone will think guy's giving 100 pounds amazing how generous and you know so it gives a bit of dignity uh, to you so fill that in i end with this proverbs 11 
24 says this, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. I long that we be a church that grows in our generosity, that sees the kingdom of God get larger and larger, go further and wider and deeper to bring about incredible transformation through the city and beyond. But I believe God is wanting to, in his kindness and his love, speak to us around giving. So, Eden, why don't you um, play? We're going to take a moment. I'm going to pray. Grab a form. There's pens all around. Grab a pen. If you need a pen, just put a hand up. Again, we'd love to encourage everyone to come to the front to put an envelope in the basket. If the baskets could come up, that would be amazing. And again, ask God, what are you saying around my giving? Maybe you need to go home and talk to your partner. Maybe you need a week to pray. I appreciate that. I get that. But I want us all to ask that Jesus would come into our hearts. If you're watching online, don't think you've got out of this. Uh, Maybe you're online, maybe you regularly watch Gastry. Maybe it's been really helpful, encouraging you in your faith. Maybe you check in every so often. You know, it costs us money to run this and uh, we're gladly giving to, to that. But maybe for you, it's like, you know, I could give a gift, a one-off gift to encourage the church to keep doing that. Maybe that could be something you do. So if you're part of a local church, give to your local church, but that might be something you want to do. So Lord, come and speak to us by your Spirit. Show us how we can be a people that put our treasure in you. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, visit our website, gastreet.org or follow us on Instagram at Gastreet Church.